It's August 1st, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottnor. Our top story today, the first ship carrying grain has left a Ukrainian port under a landmark deal with Russia. Turkish and Ukrainian officials say the ship left the southern port of Odessa earlier this morning. Russia has been blocking Ukrainian ports since February, but the two sides agreed to a deal to resume shipments. The blockade of Ukraine's grain has contributed to a global food crisis, with wheat-based products like bread and pasta becoming more expensive, and cooking oils and fertilizer also increasing in price. Russia and Ukraine jointly account for nearly a third of global wheat supplies. On July 29th, dozens of Ukrainian prisoners of war were killed in an explosion at Olenivka that Russia and Ukraine have each blamed on each other. Russian officials have said that 53 POWs were killed and 75 wounded in the blast, which Moscow claims was carried out by Ukrainian forces using U.S.-supplied precision rockets. Kiev has accused the Russians and their proxies in Ukraine of orchestrating the explosion to cover up the alleged torture and execution of prisoners at the site. Many of the POWs at the camp were from the Azovstal Steelworks and are members of the ultra-nationalist far-right Azov Regiment. On July 29th, Russia's embassy in London said on Twitter that Azov militants deserve execution, but death not by firing squad, but by hanging, because they are not real soldiers. They deserve a humiliating death. Secretary of State Antony Blinken spoke by phone to Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov on Friday, urging Russia to accept a deal to win the release of American detainees Brittany Greiner and Paul Whelan. Russian officials gave no public hint whether Blinken had made any headway, only issuing a chiding statement afterwards urging the U.S. to pursue the Americans' freedom through quiet diplomacy without releases of speculative information. Blinken had publicly requested the call and revealed the existence of an offer to Russia. People familiar with the offer say the U.S. wants to swap Whelan and Greiner for convicted Russian arms dealer Victor Bout. Elsewhere, U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi held talks with officials in Singapore on Monday at the start of her Asian tour as questions swirled over a possible stop in Taiwan that has fueled tension with Beijing. Pelosi met with the Singaporean Prime Minister and President, along with other cabinet members. In a statement over the weekend, Pelosi said she will visit Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan to discuss trade, the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change, security, and democratic governance. She did not confirm news reports that she might visit Taiwan, which is claimed by Beijing as its own territory. Chinese President Xi Jinping warned against meddling in Beijing's dealings with the island in a phone call last week with U.S. President Joe Biden. Kosovo's government has postponed the implementation of new rules that would force people in majority ethnic Serb areas to swap their Serbian-issued license plates for Kosovoan-issued ones. 
the rules were due to come into force today. Kosovo unilaterally declared independence from Serbia in February 2008, nearly a decade after it broke away following a bloody war which saw NATO bombing Serbia. Relations between its Serb and mainly Albanian inhabitants have been strained for years. The UN said two people died after peacekeepers opened fire during an incident in the eastern part of the Democratic Republic of Congo. It comes after heightened tensions following the death of several people in anti-UN protests. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said he was outraged by the news and saddened and dismayed by the deaths. He demanded accountability according to a UN statement. After an exchange of words, the UN peacekeepers appeared to open fire before the gate opened, driving on while continuing to shoot. Onlookers scattered or hid in response. Myanmar's military regime has extended its emergency rule until 2023 as the country remains riven by internal fighting following last year's coup. The military has promised to hold free and fair elections in the future, but said it needed more time to stabilize the country. Emergency rule gives the government more powers to detain people. The army launched the coup after alleging there had been massive voter fraud in the 2020 election, in which the NLD got more than 83% of the vote. Last week, the junta executed four democracy activists in the country's first execution in decades. The Cuban capital of Havana will begin electricity blackouts today has canceled Carnival and is taking other measures as the country's energy crisis worsens, state media reported on Saturday. Havana had been spared the daily power outages of four more hours that the rest of the island has endured for months. The blackouts reflect a deepening economic crisis that began with harsh new U.S. sanctions on the island in 2019 and worsened with the pandemic that gutted tourism and then Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In lighter news, Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez had asked government officials and people working in the private sector to save energy by giving up wearing neckties at work. Appearing at a news conference in an open-necked white shirt and blue blazer, Sanchez explained he had dressed less formally, not as a nod to casual Friday, but to curb utility use although he never said how it would save on energy use. Spain has sweltered for more than a month, with temperatures in parts of the country often surpassing 104 degrees Fahrenheit. The government has urged people to reduce electricity by not overusing air conditioning. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, I spoke with Ali Wine about his new book, America's Great Power Opportunity, Revitalizing U.S. Foreign Policy to Meet the Challenges of Strategic Competition. Go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, 
Be sure to follow the links in our show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.